Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Welcome in to Duval Daily presented by GenJag.com. I'm Jordan DeLugo. Thanks so much for tuning in. Sorry we're getting started a couple minutes late here. Figured nobody would care on a Friday. We've got Steve Combs saying, go Jags, go Jags indeed. Obviously, we've got a live show on tap for you today. We are looking at five big bets the Jaguars made this offseason. Ten days away from the start of Jaguars training camp, just about. Very exciting stuff there. The dead period is almost over in Jacksonville. Please subscribe if you have not already. We really appreciate your support, Duval. You can follow me at Jordan DeLugo on Twitter, Generation Jaguar at Generation Jag. Quick reminder, we've still got the Jacks Varsity tee in a teal colorway. It's available for pre-order only and only through Tuesday, July 19th at jinjag.com slash shop. So yeah, we are looking at some of the biggest bets the Jaguars made this offseason, whether it be owner Shad Khan, general manager Trent Balky, head coach Doug Peterson, a combination of the three. Please feel free to chime in in the chat, join in on the conversation. Deborah Green, my mother, says hello. How you doing, Mom? All right. We'll start off with what I believe was the first really big bet the Jaguars made this offseason. It's Shad Khan betting on Trent Balky keeping him in Jacksonville as the Jaguars general manager instead of uh, bringing in Byron Leftwich and allowing Byron to bring in Adrian Wilson as the general manager. Shad Khan said, that's not happening. We're keeping Trent Baalke around despite, you know, thousands and thousands of fans being clearly irate about Baalke being in Jacksonville and no one in the local or national media really stepping up to defend Trent Baalke, no one around the league. Uh, Pretty much everyone whether it be fans, local media, national media, people within the league, no one really believed Trent Baalke should stay on as the Jaguars' general manager. Um, you had you had people saying that coaches would not coach with Trent Baalke, which of course was the case with Byron Leftwich. Um, but Shad Khan, he said, you know, this is my guy, this is my GM. This is who I'm going to continue to uh, employ, continue to trust. 
And Doug Peterson, for that matter, also, you know, he he put his faith, he put his confidence, he bet in the fact that Trent Balky would be able to not only have a quality relationship with himself, but also be able to acquire talent and keep talent in the building. Um, you know, the last four coaches that Trent Balky has worked with have gotten the ax after the season. So kind of a bold move for Doug Peterson to agree to this power structure, having Trent Balky still in here as the general manager. Bold move. Big bet by Shad Khan. Big bet entrusting um, Doug Peter for Doug Peterson to entrust his football team's um, roster construction to Trent Baalke. Again, a guy who, you know, he has had some success, obviously, in San Francisco. But the last four years of him as GM, you have seen his head coach get fired after the season. So placing trust in Trent Baalke from Doug Peterson's position, not an easy proposition, in my opinion. That's a big bet by Doug Peterson. Obviously, Shad Khan, also, you know, a big bet by him. He's believing that Balky can can create a roster and ha- not only have the roster, but have the relationship with the head coach and the rest of the staff. And not only did they keep Trent Balky around, after talking about potentially hiring an executive vice president to oversee the entire football operation, instead of doing that, they decided to fortify Balky's position within the organization by bringing in Ethan Waugh, who worked with him for over a decade in San Francisco to be the assistant general manager. And look, one thing that needs to be clear is I'm not trying to be critical of any of the moves that I'm talking about today. My perspective here, the perspective I'm trying to provide, is that no one else would be making these moves. I do think Ethan Waugh, it was well past time for him to get an upgrade uh, uh, or get a promotion, certainly. Now he's the assistant GM in Jacksonville. But if you look at Trent Baalke, if the Jaguars had fired Trent Baalke, would he be employed right now? Based on what we saw prior to him getting to Jacksonville, which was several years of him being out of the league, based on the tone and the lack of um, the lack of enthusiasm or or the lack of anyone kind of kind of going to bat for Trent Baalke, I don't think he'd have a job right now in the NFL. Certainly would not be a GM if the Jaguars had not kept him around. I'm not saying that is the wrong thing to do. I'm just saying that's that is a bet that no other team in the NFL would have made this offseason was to make Trent Baalke or keep Trent Baalke as a general manager. I don't think a single team would have done that. That dude Evan says Duval. Love to hear it on a Friday. Dakota says Jags, Jags, Jags. You have a Jets AVI though, Dakota. What's up with that? <laughs> Dakota says Jags, Lions, Jets on a whole different rise right now. Yeah, it's interesting. I think when you look at the quarterback situations with all those teams, you obviously like what the Jags have the most, but a lot of people are still high on Zach Wilson. 
I'm a little bit more lukewarm, and I always was. I had him as a mid-first-round pick coming out. I did not think he should be the number two overall pick. But, of course, you know, quarterbacks get bumped up the board. Um, I, th- I think they've surrounded him with a lot of talent. That's interesting. The Lions, they still have Jared Goff. Um, so I think the overall cap might be limited there for what they can do. And I think they, everyone likes what um, what Dan Campbell's doing up there. Like they have a good culture brewing. They had a lot of young, good players last year. They added to that this year. I just still think when you look at the quarterback situation and overall, I mean, they have a good, really good offensive line. You like some of their uh, skill position players and DeAndre Swift, Jamal Williams, Jamison Williams, whenever he gets healthy. So, yeah, I think there's reasons for optimism with all three of those organizations. And of course, you know, Zach Wilson, uh, he's riding on, on a whole nother high right now. Everybody in the football world's kind of enamored with how he uh, parlayed his ex-girlfriend trying to get after him into uh, pretty much every dude on the planet giving him props. If you don't know what I'm talking about, look it up. Dakota says, Jags were established when I was one years old. All right. I was, well, they were established in 93, so I was two. Dakota says Jags and Ravens are the two newest teams. What about the Texans? <laughs> uh, and the Browns, technically. And the Panthers came in in 95 with the Jaguars. I hear you, though. Um, so Shad Khan and Doug Peterson both put their trust in Trent Baalke. I think it's a big bet for both, both parties, for both both individuals, uh, but I think for Peterson, it was even probably more of a risk putting your faith in, in Trent Baalke, seeing how he's gotten four straight head coaches fired. The next big bet, I think, was kind of a unanimous one, and most of these will be. Uh, after you get through with the front office and coaching staff um, construction, it, it's pretty much... Doug Peterson and Trent Baalke agreeing on all these moves and then Shad Khan giving the A-OK. And the next one is Cam Robinson. They're paying him $18 million a year. They're paying him more than the Dolphins paid for Teron Armstead on the open market. Teron Armstead obviously has injury history, but that's a top five left tackle in football. So they're betting on Cam Robinson taking a step and playing at a higher level than he ever has. I think part of that bet is that they believe that their tackles in general will play better under new um, offensive line coach. Um, Of course, now I'm drawing a blank on his name, Phil Rauscher versus what they were doing with the, you know, vertical sets under, their former offensive line coach, George Warhop. That's a big bet on Cam Robinson, right? Like you could have gone and pursued Teron Armstead. You definitely could have outbid the Dolphins for his services. They only paid him $15 million per year. I mean, you could have afforded that, certainly. Instead, you bet on Cam Robinson, who this is a guy who I think you love his play demeanor. I think you like that you have seen improvement from him year over year. He is a long and powerful tackle. 
I just think when you look at when you look at him versus Teron Armstead when they're on the field, it's really not a comp. And even you know you could have instead of instead of bringing Cam back on that eighteen million dollars per year, you could have uh, spent less and drafted a tackle. Would you get the same level of production from a rookie like Evan Neal that you would from Cam Robinson in year one? I don't know. But the Jaguars are clearly betting on Cam Robinson taking a step in his own personal development, which he has done every year since 2019. So you can feel somewhat encouraged by that. But they're also betting on the tackles just being able to play better in a better offensive system under a offensive coordinator who isn't going to be so dogmatic in his views on not not offensive coordinator, offensive line coach who is not so dog, dogmatic and like we have to get these vertical sets going. And that's all we're gonna do. That's just what it is. That that's kind of what George Warhop's belief was, uh, kind of how he viewed coaching these tackles. Phil Rauscher, I think, will be more modern. Honestly, uh, most tackles prefer quick setting. It's easier. Now, if you can vertical set, it's more difficult. But if you can do it perfectly, your quarterback is not going to face any pressure. Quick setting is not as difficult. Um, but overall, I think maybe you don't you can't achieve the highest results quick setting. But quick setting in a quick strike offense, which is what the Jaguars primarily will be, they're they're going to be a West Coast offense. It's going to have evolutions. It's not just the old school West Coast offense with Bill, Bill Walsh. You know, they've added play action. They've added RPOs, read options, all sorts of fun stuff. But it's still going to be based on a quick strike West Coast offense. And I think you could see Cam Robinson and whoever starts at right tackle perform better. That's what the Jaguars are betting on. John says, yo, almost missed the live stream. Happy to have you here, John. So, yeah, guys. Please feel free to chime in in the chat. Join in on the conversation if you've got anything uh, that you want to talk about Jaguars-wise or, you know, more specifically about this topic, the five big bets the Jaguars made this offseason. But, yeah, they're making a big bet on Cam Robinson. Again, I really like Cam Robinson's play demeanor. I like that he's improved every year. I still just think he's a slightly above average tackle at this point. The Jaguars are betting that with Doug Peterson's offense, with Phil Rauscher coaching him up, with another year of development, Cam Robinson will take his biggest leap that he has so far. I think that's the bet that they're making with that price tag. They also bet on Christian Kirk being able to take on a larger role. Um, you know, paying him $18 million a year as well. And I think part of that bet, too, is they're betting that they do not need a traditional X for Trevor Lawrence for this offense to work, for this Doug Peterson offense to work, because they don't have a traditional X. They have Christian Kirk, who is a versatile move piece, chess piece on offense. He can line up in the slot, which I think is where you will see him more than anywhere else. But you, you can also line him up out wide, and he's had some success out there. Line him up anywhere you want. Get him carries out of the backfield, touches that way. Um, Marvin Jones, yes, he can line up outside. Um, yes, he can be a possession receiver who will make plays above the rim and 
and uh, be in the right place. But is he going to be that alpha receiver for you? Certainly not at 32 years old. Um, Zay Jones is not an alpha. He's not a true number one. He might have the X wide receiver profile in terms of size, speed, and athleticism, but he has not proven to be anything close to that in his career. Then you've got LaVisca, who is, I think, a starting receiver in the NFL. I don't know if he'll be best in the slot or out wide, but I still don't think he's your traditional X. Jamal Agnew is going to be more of an offensive weapon, a guy that they use in specific packages. I don't think they're going to line him up as a wide receiver and have him out there for a large amount of plays. I think they want to keep him healthy, uh, keep him good to go for special teams where he can, you know, take any old kick and, and take it back to the house. He's proven that throughout his career. Um, and then Laquan Treadwell, Kevin Austin. No, you're not betting on any of these guys to be a traditional X for this offense. So the bet is that Christian Kirk can take on a larger role be a featured receiver for a football team, for a Doug Peterson coach team, and that they do not need the traditional X in this offense for Trevor Lawrence to have more success, for the offense to be more cohesive. Uh, I think that's a big bet because you look around the league, most of the best offenses have some elite receivers. The Jaguars do not have that. I think Christian Kirk is a very good receiver. I think Marvin Jones is a very good receiver. I think LaVisca and Jamal Agnew both have the potential and and the talent to be very good receivers. And I think Zay Jones has the athleticism and, and size. I just don't think he really has the skill set. but us and them says the ball is going to be coming out quick, except for home run shots, right? Yeah, I think so. I think it's going to be big play action shots and quick game. I think that's absolutely right. Touchdown or check down. I think that's a fun way to to describe it. I think that's how it should look. Um, I think that really plays into what Trevor Lawrence can do well. So, so far, we've talked about Shad Khan and Doug Peterson both betting on Trent Baalke, which I don't think anyone else in the league would do right now. You're talking about the entire organization betting on Cam Robinson, taking a step forward and playing better in a new scheme. Betting on Christian Kirk being able to take on that larger role and be as efficient and productive as he was for the Cardinals last year. You're betting that you don't need a traditional X. Christopher checks in. He says, Duval, I love your channel, my man. I really appreciate it. I appreciate everybody being here, tuning in. Staying active in the comment section, in the chat. Love it. Happy Friday, July 15th. Excited to get into the weekend. Excited for Jaguars training camp, which they did announce. They are not going to have any open practices because they will be at the night campus for uh, for Episcopal, which is a little bit further east from Episcopal's main campus down Atlantic. They have a couple practice fields over there. That's where training camp's going to be this year while the Jaguars are working on their performance center that will be ready for 2023 training camp. So, yeah, no open dates. I don't know if maybe they'll announce something where they'll have like a football family night inside the stadium. 
maybe on like a Thursday or Friday or maybe a Saturday. I don't know if they'll announce anything like that. But as of now, I mean, no training camp practices available to the public. I will be out there. Fortunately, uh, I've already gotten my approval. I'll be out there and uh, being able to, you know, cap- capture some clips, some highlights, uh, obviously provide all the insight that I can for y'all. Us and them says they could line up Evan Ingram at the X TBH. Yeah. Yeah. And I think they will. I mean, so when you say X receiver, like yeah, a lot of people can align at the X spot on the field, you know, on the wide part of the field, on the line of scrimmage, you know, one-on-one with, with the opposing team's best cornerback. Uh, but just because you can line up there and execute at times doesn't mean you're a true like X alpha number one receiver, right? I think Evan Ingram can line up out there. I think Marvin Jones can line up out there. I think even Christian Kirk will line up out there as well. Zay Jones as well. But does that mean you have your X, which is your prototype number one alpha receiver? Absolutely not. That doesn't mean that they won't use the X receiver in this offense. They absolutely will. John says, you think we'll have a West Coast style of offensive playbook from Dougie P's time with Reed? Yeah, I think, like I said, a lot of it's going to be quick strike. Uh, when it's not quick strike stuff, it's going to be uh, play action. It's going to be, you know, wide zone and inside zone rushing attack. Um, it's going to be RPOs, read options. They're going to utilize all that fun stuff. They're going to have pre-snap motion, which will give you a little bit of an advantage. Um, I don't know why the Jaguars haven't employed that more to this point but they will be doing all that fun stuff. Critty says, your boy Critty here, your fave Jacksonville rapper. Keep up the good work, Duval. Absolutely. Everybody go check out Critty. Nathan says, with heavy RPO possible this year, how many rushing yards do you think Trevor will have? So the Jaguars did go on and utilize some of that last year as well. It wasn't like there was none of that. I believe, what did Trevor have last year? 300-something rushing yards? I don't think they're going to go crazy and try to have that be the main part of the offense. You don't want uh, to expose Trevor to any unnecessary or too many unnecessary hits, but I do think it will be a part of the offense. Let's see here. What did Trevor have last year? He had 334 rushing yards in 17 games. Maybe you could push for 400. He had 73 attempts. So 73 divided by 17. How many is that per game? I think maybe you see a little uptick there. I think the Jaguars will run the ball in general more, though, this year. I know that Doug Peterson likes to pass the ball, but I think they're going to be able to find more balance because they should be in better game scripts overall. Um, Yeah. So getting back to the bets that the Jaguars made this offseason, they made a big bet with the number one overall pick, Trayvon Walker. You know, based on what I've seen, people I've talked to around the league, people that cover the league, I don't think any team in the top five was taking Trayvon Walker outside of the Jaguars. Deborah Green says 4.29 rushes per game for Trevor Lawrence last year. So... Maybe you look at five. I still think 
you're not going to get much more than that. The Jaguars were already utilizing it some. He was scrambling some. I don't think you're going to see much more than four or five, even six. I mean, six, I think, would be the upper end of that that range of outcomes for Trevor Lawrence's rushing attempts. Now, will he be more effective on those rushing attempts? Potentially. I think the offense will be more spread out, so you'll see maybe some more space for him to have a higher uh, yards per carry, higher efficiency on those rushes. That's definitely a, a possibility. But I think in terms of the overall number of rushes, he's not going to be running the ball a lot more. Trayvon Walker. I don't think any the Lions were not taking Trayvon Walker. They were taking Aiden Hutchinson. Uh, I don't think any team inside the top five was going to take him. That that aligns with how I viewed Trayvon Walker as a prospect. That aligns with how most of the draft world kind of viewed Trayvon Walker as a prospect. Don't get me wrong. I had Trayvon Walker as a first rounder. I just did not have him as a top overall pick candidate. And I don't think anybody, I shouldn't say anyone. I think the Jaguars were certainly in the minority with their evaluation of Trayvon Walker. Now, does he fit what Mike Caldwell wants to do? Absolutely. John says, we need to come up with a nickname for your mom, Jordan. That way we can give a shout out when she shows up in the chat. I mean, her nickname is Debbie Lynn. That's what I call her. Her her profile here is Deborah Green, but we call her Debbie Lynn. So y'all can do that if you want as well. I'm sure she would not mind. She can confirm or deny that in the chat here. Uh, Us and them says, if ETN has Robinson's vision, he should be incredible. Robinson has so many runs where he sees the hole and hits it right, but doesn't have the speed to take it to the house. Absolutely. I talked about this earlier this week. James Robinson does absolutely everything you could want from a a running back except for hit the home run. Like he has the explosiveness from zero to 10 yards. He does not have it from 10 to the house. Yeah, that's very true. So yeah, I agree with you on the ETN comment there. And I do think he has good vision. I don't think that he's as good from zero to 10 yards as James Robinson. Like I don't think you'll have the same consistency but I think you'll have much bigger plays. And I'm not going to, I'm not saying ETN's not going to be consistent. I just think Robinson's patience, vision, contact balance, and, you know, initial burst, all of those things are elite, in my opinion. Christopher says, I'm glad we picked Walker over Hutchinson. Pretty says, I can't wait to see Trevor throw for 300 with three touchdowns and no interceptions. Absolutely. <laughs> Deborah Green does confirm we can call her Debbie Lynn here. Says, thanks, John. So Trayvon Walker, regardless of what you think about him as a prospect, regardless of what you've seen from him in Jacksonville, which is very exciting because uh, oh, my mom also says you can call her DG if Debbie Lynn is too much to type. He <laughs> Good stuff. Um, So Trayvon Walker, regardless of your evaluation of him as a prospect, regardless of what you've seen from him in Jacksonville so far, which has been encouraging, that was a pick that most teams were not going to make if they had the number one overall pick. Bottom line, 
So that's a big bet. Uh, you're betting on your evaluation, your projection for him into this system, which I like his projection into the Jaguars system. Uh, they're, they're a base three, four team. So they are going to ask their outside linebackers to drop in coverage, uh, to stunt. I mean, they're going to do a lot of exotic stuff up front, which he fits in perfectly. The question is, is he going to be a dominant one-on-one rusher, pass rusher? He's going to set the edge against the run. He's going to make plays all over the field, but is he going you know, on third down when it's just him versus an offensive tackle one-on-one, is he going to make that play? That's what the question is, really. Curdy says Travis's offseason has been crazy working out with some good backs. Yeah, he looks damn good. Um, when I did my X-Factor show last week, I didn't even have him as an X-Factor because I just believe he's going to play well. Like I, I don't think there's much question about it. The only question is about his injury coming back from that, but Based on what we've seen at OTAs, uh, minicamp, he wasn't even at mandatory minicamp. So they don't even view him as someone who's rehabbing from an injury right now. But yeah, the Jaguars bet on Trayvon Walker. They made a few other bets throughout the offseason, but my final point here is that they bet on themselves. They bet on their own internal evaluations. Shad Khan, he's the only owner that was giving Trent Baalke the keys to the kingdom again. Doug Peterson was the only head coach that agreed to do that. Uh, No one on the open market was paying Cam Robinson $18 million per year. No one on the open market was paying Christian Kirk $18 million per year. Most teams were not taking Trayvon Walker with the first overall pick. So they bet on their way being the right way versus what everyone else would have done. If Trent Baalke's fired, when's he getting another job? Again, no one's paying Christian Kirk. No one was paying Foye Luke and $15 million per year. They were out on an island with that one as well. And you look at even Foley, Fatu, Kasi, and Zay Jones, and I am not demeaning any of these players. I think they're all quality pieces. I don't think Foley was getting $10 million anywhere else, and I don't think Zay Jones was getting $8 million anywhere else. Us and them says Robinson plus speed would be Fred Taylor. <laughs> oh, uh, okay. Okay. Uh, I understand what you're saying. Robinson does not have the agility that Fred Taylor has or that Fred Taylor had. So, and Fred, honestly, as powerful as Robinson can be as good of contact balance as he displays, Fred Taylor had more power as well. Just raw power. It's the ability to lower that shoulder and just run through someone. He could dance around you. He could run past you. I don't want to put Travis or, or James in a, conversation with fred taylor even if robinson was faster i still don't think he's fred taylor maybe he could be as productive as fred taylor would he be as just electric to watch as as much of like a a poetry in motion type back as fred taylor was i don't know critty says walker 12 sacks I love it. I'm here for it. I think it's more likely that Josh Allen is in the 12 sack range and that Walker is in, you know, the five, six, seven, maybe eight, maybe 10. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if he went and got double digits. 
But projecting it, I would probably have him. I, I did project this out before. I think I had him at seven. Us and them says, if you stood Walker next to Hutch, who would you take looking at them? That's a big difference. They don't talk about much. Yeah, that's not close. Athletically, Aiden Hutchinson is an impressive athlete for his size, right? He's six foot seven. He's 270 himself. He's a really good athlete. He's strong. He's impressive. Trayvon Walker is one of one from a physical standpoint, from an athletic standpoint. He is six foot five, 272 pounds, 35 and a half inch arms, runs a four foot four, five 40, uh, 35 plus inch vertical. I mean, he is the best athlete at that size that I can think of. So, yeah, I agree with you. Just looking at them. You would much rather have Trayvon Walker. He's an off the bus type of player. Rene Garcia says, I think we are the underrated team and T-Law will be a rising elite quarterback. He says, follow us at Somos Jaguars Mexico. Go Jags. All right, everybody go check out that page. Um, Rising elite quarterback for Trevor Lawrence. I I think the Jaguars are somewhat underrated. Like Vegas has them at six wins now, I think. It's six or six and a half. Um, I know there's a fair amount of enthusiasm around the league for getting Doug Peterson and having him work with Trevor Lawrence. And you do have some improved offensive weapons with Travis Etienne being back with Christian Kirk coming in, Zay Jones, Evan Ingram. You already had Dan Arnold, Marvin Jones, LaVisca, Jamal. Bringing in Brandon Scherf. I mean, he's a weapon, even though he's a lineman. That guy's a weapon, absolutely. So I I think there is some enthusiasm around the league. I don't think anybody's projecting the Jaguars to make the playoffs or or win the AFC South, which I'm not even projecting them to win the AFC South or anything like that. Um, So uh, I don't know that they're under it. I think when you talk to different people around um, on different – various media platforms. You hear people talk about Trevor Lawrence. You hear people talk about Doug Peterson. There is a reasonable amount of enthusiasm for the direction that the Jaguars are going. I think a lot of the criticism at this point would be based on the fact that Trent Baalke is still the general manager. The fact that they went all in on linebacker this offseason. That's another bet the Jaguars made that probably no other team would do. You know, they went in and spent $15 million on Foya Luikin. They traded up to get Devin Lloyd, and then they took Chad Muma in the third round. I think when people are critical of the Jaguars, it's more so on the player acquisition and, and Trent Baalke versus Doug Peterson and, and Trevor Lawrence. I do think most people believe in Trevor Lawrence. Most people that are educated about football, that really sit down and break this stuff down and pay attention to what's going on, People still believe uh, that Trevor Lawrence will be a really good quarterback in this league, and I'm absolutely there as well. Critty says we had to spend like that. We won four games in two years. Right, Uh, and the spending part of it is not necessarily the fact that they spent money. It's who they spent it on. Um, I think even if the Jaguars offered Christian Kirk $15 he would be in Jacksonville. I think. Foye, same thing. You offer him a little bit less, he's still in Jacksonville. Trent Baalke, he said at this offseason, they're not going to mess around 
with these contract offers. Like if they believe a guy is worth X amount, that's what they're going to offer. And they're not going to worry about what this other GM would offer or what this, what, who, they're not worried about the outside opinion. They're worried about their internal evaluation. And that goes back to them betting on themselves that their way is the right way. Us and them says, I just want to see those big runs like Taylor had. I miss those days. You should get them. I mean, you should get him. Travis Etienne, I think, is going to be one of the most explosive runners in the NFL from the jump. End of season, the Jaguars will have one or two players in the 90s overall on Madden. Interesting. Obviously, you would put Brandon Scherf in that bucket. Who else? I think I think Andre Sisco has a chance to do that. I think Tyson Campbell has a chance to do that. I think Josh Allen has a really good chance to do that. Who else? Maybe Foye. I think he's got a long way to go consistency-wise. Kyle says they overpaid at wide receiver for average receivers. The record excuse for overspending is nonsense. I don't I I think that they overpaid. I agree with that. For average receivers, I would say Zay is more on the average side, but he is a nuts and bolts player that will do the little things, the dirty work, the run blocking, and and blocking for in the screen game and things like that as well. I think the Jaguars were very focused with their receivers on getting guys that are willing to block in space. Sorry, I got a notification coming in here. Uh they overpaid both guys. I agree when you look at Christian Kirk and Zay Jones, but I don't look at Christian Kirk as an average receiver. I think this is a guy who has versatility. He has strong hands. He's able to take the top off the defense vertically. He's able to stretch the field horizontally. I think he's going to be a big addition. I think he's, I, that is a bet that the Jaguars made that I believe in. Do I believe they should have paid him 18 million per year? No, but I also believe that that doesn't negatively impact them very much long-term salary cap-wise. Really, it, it impacted the rest of the league. It impacted teams trying to sign other receivers. Set a precedent. Uh, and you could say, if you want to big brain this here, that signing Christian Kirk for $18 million dramatically increased the wide receiver market, which in the long run might help the Jaguars because when you go in early, which the Jaguars did, $18 million per year, he's now like the 13th or 14th highest paid receiver. So when you look at this deal next year, it might look even better. I think it will look even better. Um, should they have tried to pursue Allen Robinson or someone else like that? I don't know. I don't think there was a lot of great options. I think Christian Kirk was Christian Kirk. When I did my pre-free agency, you know, receivers, the Jaguars should target. He was number two on my list for a lot of the reasons I said, I thought he would get 13 million per year. He got 18 from the Jaguars. So, and I was one of the people that kind of thought he would get more. Most people had him in the 10 to $11 million range. I had him at 13. Jags gave him 18. Jaggernaut says, hope Visca can be used effectively by coach, can be a special wrinkle if he's right. I think Visca 
I did have him as an X factor because, you know, he did struggle last year with, with holding on to the football. I think Visk is going to be really good this year. And I don't think he's going to be like your second or third target on the team, but I think they're going to have a lot of packages where he's featured and where they try to get the ball in his hands. And a big part of Visca being effective in that short game and the screens and, and, and out of the backfield and things like that, a big part of that is bringing in Zay Jones, who is a receiver that is going to block his ass off out there. Uh, when you look at Doug Peterson's offenses, you have to have all your receivers and tight ends giving full effort in the blocking department to get these plays, um, to get these plays working at full efficiency. Critty says those same guys I'm thinking about with 90 overall. Yeah. Critty says Kirk last season cooked all AFC South defenses. So that's a plus. Absolutely. I think he's going to be really good. And I think him, I think he's perfect for Doug Peterson's offense. Doug Peterson wants to move these guys around the formation. You're going to see Christian Kirk lined up everywhere. And he's a good route runner. He's got good hands. He caught 75% of his targets last year. And him working middle of the field is going to be much more effective with Trevor Lawrence at quarterback than Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray can't see over the offensive line. I'm not trying to say Kyler's not a good quarterback. He is. But he's more based on uh, hitting the outside stuff, you know, sideline, and just being an absolute playmaker with his legs and his ability to throw off platform, get the ball deep down the field, all that fun stuff. But when it comes to hitting middle of the field, that is not a strength of Kyler Murray. Us and Them says Kirk got Hill out of KC. Interesting. I mean, maybe. I think the Chiefs made a calculated decision that paying Tyreek Hill $30 million or whatever they would have had to pay him, they would rather diversify. And, you know, they went out and they got better at safety with Justin Reed, better and younger. Uh, they added Juju. They added Marquez Valdez-Scantling. They added Sky Moore. I think they were making a bet in diversifying and creating more flexibility to move forward um, than, than just giving all their money to Tyree Kill. And I don't think it was a bad bet. Um, I think they're going to run the ball a lot more this year. They've got that offensive line really built up now. Christopher says, no dropped passes. That's why they're getting paid. That hurts us so much. Many times. Yeah. Yeah, the Jaguars dropped more passes than anyone in the league last year. Bottom line. The receivers did not get the job done. Where do you want to place the blame for that? That's up to you. I think certainly some of the dysfunction, you can blame that. Jaggernaut says, excited for the season, excited to see what our Jags look like after one more draft and offseason. Yeah, should be a lot of fun. I'm really excited too. Can't wait to get out there on, uh, for training camp in just about 10 days. Husband and wife says, just joined, so you may have covered, but O-line progress, what's your thoughts here? Have not really talked about that. I did talk about Cam Robinson, um, how the Jaguars made a big bet on him taking a step forward in this new offense. But the O-line, I think that they're they're in a better situation from a coaching perspective. Bill Rauscher is a really good coach, and he he's, he's very experienced with 
the quick passing game with the zone rushing attacks. So I think that they're in a good situation there. Uh, I do think that each player will just be incrementally better because of the situation they're in versus what they've been in over the last couple years. Um, I think the Jaguars O-line is in a really good place on the interior when you have Brandon Scherf, um, Tyler Shatley, Luke Fortner, Ben Barch. Um, they even brought over a couple guys that have some experience uh, to even further fortify beyond that. I think the big questions are, does Cam Robinson develop further? And is Walker Little slash Jawan Taylor the answer at right tackle? I think Walker Little can be the answer at right tackle. But I feel more confident on the interior than I do at tackle for the Jaguars offensive line. Follow-up, do you think Jawan can be salvaged? That is a great question. And if he can... Can he, even if he is better, can he beat out Walker Little? I don't think so. I think Walker Little is just, he has more, (laughs) he has more to offer. He's bigger, he's stronger. I think he's more athletic overall. I think he just, he's a better offensive lineman in my opinion. I know people have talked about Jawan going inside, but I don't think Jawan would beat out any of Brandon Scherf Luke Fortner, Ben Barch, Tyler Shatley on the interior. Maybe he could. I do think that Jawan was not in a good situation with George Warhop being his offensive line coach. I'll leave it at that. Us and them says, with the Hill thing, they lost that wide receiver even with the additions, but they had to replace Sorensen and Sorensen equals winger. They also lost Teron Matthew, the, the Chiefs did. so. But I do think Justin Reed was a huge get think that defense is moving in the right direction. Their question is, can they be a more efficient offense running the football? Um, you know, teams started running cover two against them, preventing the big play shots. So now you have more guys that can work the short to intermediate part of the field. But yeah, that is pretty much what I've got for you. I'll recap my five biggest bets they made, which uh, Shad Khan and Doug Peterson both put their faith in Trent Baalke. The entire organization put their faith in Cam Robinson. Uh, they bet on Christian Kirk, and they bet big on Christian Kirk a lot more than anyone else would have. Big bet on Trayvon Walker. Most teams were not picking him with the first overall pick from what I've gathered. And then uh, just the fifth one I have is betting on their way being the right way. They made so many decisions this offseason that were unconventional. You know, Balky, Christian Kirk, Cam Robinson, Foya Lewican at $15 million per year, Foley at $10 million, Zay at $8 million. Um, Yeah. John said so before you head out. Can you recap your five big bets? I just did that for you. Appreciate you, John. Appreciate everyone for being here. Good show. If anyone has any more questions, I'll leave it open here for a couple more minutes. And then we'll bounce up out of here. And uh, just to clear it up in case some of you missed it, this is not me criticizing any of these moves. That's not the point. Which I, I have been critical of some of them. 
the point is these were unconventional decisions. Um, no one was keeping Trent Baalke as a general manager or hiring Trent Baalke as a general manager. No one was paying Christian Kirk $18 million. No one was paying Cam Robinson $18 million. No one was paying Foye $15 million. Most teams would not have taken Trayvon Walker at one overall. So the Jaguars are betting on their internal evaluations for how to build this roster. And we're going to find out very soon if that pays off. I think this is the most athletic roster that we've seen, certainly since 2017 around here. I think that you have a good situation around Trevor Lawrence. I think they're going to make big strides. I think they're going to be competitive throughout the year. And, you know, maybe, I don't know if it'll be in December, but I think certainly through November, you will be looking at that playoff picture. I think you will. It's going to be difficult. They're going to have to overcome their demons to finish strong because they've got Tennessee twice in the last five games and at Houston in week 17. Those Indianapolis has not been the roadblock for the Jaguars. It has been Tennessee and Houston. They're going to have to play them, those two teams, three times in the last five weeks. So it's going to be fun. Richard says, always stoked when I see content from you. Keep up the good work. Thank you so much, Richard. I really appreciate the kind words. DG says, don't forget to subscribe. Sorry for the mom plug. Do not be sorry. Everyone appreciates it here. But yeah, please be sure to like and subscribe. Uh, We're super close to 1,000 followers on here, which will allow us to monetize, which will be a big step. But that is going to do it. Hit me up on Twitter at Jordan DeLugo. Follow Generation Jaguar at Generation Jag. Check ginjag.com for all the latest Jaguars news, analysis, and Duval gear. And have a great weekend, Duval. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.